This is the Bartender Journey Podcast. Welcome to Bartender Journey Podcast number 111, 111 shows. My name is Brian Vincent Weber, and this is the podcast that talks all about bartending and cocktails and spirits. Today on the show, my guest will be Anthony Pullen, and he's going to tell us all about Geneva, which is kind of, sort of, a type of gin, or more accurately, it's the predecessor of gin. Uh, well, Anthony will tell, <laughs> explain it all to us. Hey, next week on this show, Camper English. He's the great uh, blog writer, cocktail writer. He, he writes for uh, Details Magazine, among others. And his website is academics.com. He uh, has a background in physics and he's a judge in some cocktail and bartending competitions. And he's a presenter at Tales of the Cocktail. Very knowledgeable guy, but he ne- he doesn't actually uh, bartend that often. So here, I'll give you a little clip. I just finished recording the interview, like just now. And I'll give you a little clip of the interview that you're going to hear next week where he's talking about the first time he actually bartended. And then you could really feel the people's beady eyes uh, watching you the whole time. That was something I didn't realize because I always thought that bartenders weren't purposefully ignoring the customers oh, no, it's <laughs> until, on purpose. until I was there. I'm like, oh, oh, yeah, I know you're there. I'm just not looking at you because you're going to start shouting the order at me. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe on Stitcher Radio or iTunes. You're not going to want to miss that interview with Camper English. It's great, and uh, you'll get it automatically as soon as it becomes available if you subscribe. All right, time to talk about book of the week. It's Dale DeGrasse, the craft of the cocktail. And uh, if you remember, I spoke to Dale in episode 99, which was a great pleasure. And uh, this is a classic book. Everyone should have a copy of it. And uh, I was so excited that he uh, signed it for me. Uh, that was during the Bar Smarts course. Uh, he signed it for me. And uh, yeah, I love it. So that's going to be my book of the week. Maybe I'll put a picture of that where he signed it. He draws a little martini glass. It's really cool. So if you go to my website, bartenderjourney.net, you can, you'll see a link to uh, Amazon. And if you click through the link on my page, it'll be helping the show out a little bit. And it'll, uh, you know, kicks back a little bit of uh, money to help support the show. And it doesn't cost you any extra to do that. It would be the same price as if you went to Amazon directly. So just one extra click or two, uh, you can help out the show a little. And uh, sometimes I put some other fun products up there that you might be interested in. And uh, same deal there. So um, again, before we get to the interview, one more, one more little segment. I'm trying to put things in segments now on the show. <laughs> Hope you like it. Let me know. You can always email me at vince.bartender at gmail.com or Twitter. It's Barkeep Tips or search Facebook for Bartender Journey. So, uh, okay, as I was saying, industry news. Did you hear this story about uh, the big whiskey thefts in Kentucky? 65 cases of 20-year-old Pappy Van Winkle, which is like the most sought after bourbon in the world right now. It's super expensive and uh, very hard to get. Uh, So anyway... 65 cases of stuff is stolen right out of the distillery, and apparently it was an inside job because nine people were arrested. Two of them worked at Buffalo Trace, and one worked at Wild Turkey. Uh, but the story gets even weirder. They, they go to arrest one of these guys. There's a guy who worked at Buffalo Trace for 20 years, and on his property, behind a shed, in his backyard, they find five full barrels of Wild Turkey. <laughs> these things weigh 500 pounds each, and they're worth about $6,000 a piece. Uh, can, you, can you believe that? It's a crazy story. Anyway, all right, so we're going to get into our talk with Anthony Pullen in just a second about um, Geneva. I forgot to ask Anthony about this. I'm so uh, mad at myself. But uh, there's a traditional way to drink Geneva uh, in Holland mostly where it's uh, it's generally made in Holland and it's very popular there. Uh, It's served in a little pony glass filled to the top with a beer on the side. And you have to take your first sip 
of the Geneva hands-free, you know, just with your mouth, <laughs> and then sip the beer. And, well, you're allowed to use your hands for the beer. But after your first sip of Geneva, it's okay to uh, to pick up the glass of Geneva also. But uh, the name for that little ritual in Dutch is just unpronounceable to me, but it's spelled K-O-P-S-T-O-O-T-J-E, which translates in English to headbutt. All right, here's my interview with Anthony Pullen, and don't forget to stay tuned until the very end of the show for our toast. Maybe you want to go make yourself a cocktail right now to get ready for that. Hey, Anthony, how are you? I'm good, yourself? Very good, thank you. Thanks for talking to me today. No problem. You're in Vegas, huh? Oh uh, No, actually, right now I'm in, uh, I'm in Atlanta. We just finished a, a Balls Academy in Atlanta. All right. I fly back to Vegas uh, tomorrow. What's the uh, Bowls Academy? I'd like to hear more about that. Um, so I run uh, what we call the Bowls Academy on tour. Uh, Bowls Bartending Academy is, uh, is, our, uh, is our academy in, in Amsterdam. And I take it on the road around the U.S. And we do distributor training. And we do right now I just had a, a whole group from the USPG in Atlanta. Um, and they're all downstairs right now making some, uh, some fun new Geneva and, and Galliano drinks. All right. And we just had a good friend of mine, uh, Jacob Greer. Who yeah. just published his book on beer cocktails? He uh, he did a presentation on beer cocktails using our spirits and stuff um, as a as a new trend. So it was very well received. Nice. Well, let's uh, introduce you, Anthony Pullen. You're the uh, North America brand ambassador for Geneva, yeah? Yes, I, I or, actually or bowls? Uh, for bowls for bowls portfolio. Um, so I do a lot of. Uh, uh, I do a lot of different brands. So I have Geneva is is, is obviously uh, it's in my heart and uh, the. Uh, um, you know, we have the liqueurs and we have the Galliano and we have, uh, you know, Damrek gin and some Zambucas and things like that. So, yeah, it keeps me pretty busy. All right. So, yeah, th- that was the first question I wanted to ask you, the proper pronunciation of the spirit. <laughs> um, you know what? It depends on what language you're speaking. Uh, uh, I, I'm very fortunate. I got to live in, in Holland for a long time and I, I learned how to speak Dutch, uh, which is no easy task. Not because the, uh, the language itself is hard, it's because the people are so nice that they, they think they're doing a favor when they speak uh, English back to you, so you don't really get much of a chance to practice. Right. Uh, but um, the pronunciation in Dutch would be Yenefa, ah. which would be with a, a J, um, but the pronunciation in English would be Geneva because it's very difficult to say those words. And then it's spelt phonetically um, outside of Holland, it's spelt with a G. Uh, the, the G sound in Dutch is like a like it's uh, like you use the back of your throat. So uh, if 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 they were to pronounce it with a G, it would be something like Gienefa, which just doesn't sound good. So, uh, but yeah, it's 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 changed uh, internationally to Geneva with a with a, uh, a a G, but it's used interchangeably. Yeah, well, that's the other thing. I've, I've seen it spelled with a G or a J, so I was confused by that. But you pretty much uh, answered that already. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, um, it, can you kind of explain what this spirit is? I mean, I always thought of it as sort of a type of gin, but that's not quite right, is it? Um, I like to explain to people that it's the, the great-great-grandfather of, of gin. Um, you know, as an Englishman, it pays me to, it pains me to say this, but, uh, you know, everything that we know as London dry-style gin essentially evolved from a bad attempt to copy Geneva. Hmm. Um, that's the short story. Um, I'll let you, a, a gin ambassador tell you the, the full story. But, um, with <laughs> or, the, Geneva, or the story from their point of view, anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, um, you know, with Geneva, Geneva is a spirit um, where all of the flavor comes from the grain. So um, 
uh, there's a Dutch saying where the heart of uh, a good Geneva is its malt wine. And malt wine is a uh, is a distillate of rye, wheat, and corn, and they triple pot distill it. And you know, it's it's long fermented. It has a lot of the fatty acids that you would get in grain, and um, you know the, the different varieties. I'm sure you've heard about young and old uh, Genevas, um, different varieties of Geneva, and there are many. Um, come about because of the percentage of the malt wine in them. And then they use the, the juniper and the botanicals that you would classically see in gin um, to round off the spirit rather than, you know, gin is all about its botanicals, Geneva is all about the malt wine, hmm. which is why when you, when you smell it and you taste it, it's very malty, it's very, um, you know, it, it has like a bready yeastiness to it, yeah. and that's coming from the grains. Okay. Yeah, well, I've got a, a little sample here. <laughs> you guys were kind enough to send along. So, okay. uh, yeah, I, I, maybe you can walk me through what I'm tasting here. Yeah. When you smell it, you've got to understand as well, Geneva is, this Geneva, this expression of Geneva is, um, you know, it's designed, um, it follows the recipe from 1820. So it's very similar to a Geneva that Jerry Thomas would have been using when he was doing those first drinks. Now, it is very high proof. It's, it's, it's over 80 proof. It's 42%, so it's 84 proof. Um, so it's going to get right in your nose, especially yeah. in that tasting glass you have right there. Yeah. Uh, but you should be smelling when it, when it opens up and, the, and that, 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 that high proof starts to, to go away. You should be definitely getting a yeasty kind of readiness, almost like a mm – -hmm. uh, it has like a sesame kind of seed sometimes to it, right. um, pepperiness. Um, but it's also a, a little hint of citrus. It's certainly not all about juniper, no. that's for sure. But, there, um, but there's a little bit in there? Oh, yeah, there's juniper yeah. in it. it has yeah. to be, uh, with the laws with Geneva, it has to have juniper in it, but it doesn't have to be discernible. Okay. So, what, what are the, the other requirements? The other requirements? Yeah. Well, Geneva is, um, um, is protected now with a, a, an AOC, which is similar to a cognac or, uh, for example, a tequila has, where it can only be made in a specific way in a specific region. Yeah. And those regions are um, obviously Holland, Belgium, um, the part of uh, just uh, the borderline of, of, with Germany and the north of France. So you can only make Geneva in, in those areas. And, you know, other than that, it has to have juniper in it. And the classifications, if it's an old Geneva, um, which is the old style, it's got nothing to do with aging, it refers to a style. Um, is it has to have more than 15% malt wine. If it's a young, which refers to a new style, uh, which was created kind of in the, it was it started to become popular in the 80s when vodka was taking off, so they created a Geneva, um, which mimicked that. It's less than 15% okay. is a young Geneva. And then we have the Coron vines, which are aged Genevas. And we, you, I don't know, did you, did, you, uh, did you manage to haggle a, uh, a bottle of barrel-aged Geneva? No. Oh, well, <laughs> you, you get a, a thing of that. Uh, one of the things when you mix drinks with Geneva, um, I like to go, uh, which I have these guys in the academy doing right now, I like to play with it almost like a whiskey or a rum or a mm -hmm. brown spirit in general. Yes. If you think about all the cocktails that were being made, you know, the classic cocktails, they were using these dark spirits. They were using either rum or brandy or uh, whiskey and they were using Dutch gin um, as opposed to English style gin. And if you, if you treat it that way and, and make drinks with it, with it that way, it really comes alive. And the, the aged version really showcases that whiskey-like character because essentially it's not that far from a whiskey. It's rye, wheat, and corn, pot right. distilled. Yeah. Uh, only we don't age it in the case of the one that you're drinking, just round it off with botanicals, and then sometimes we age it as well. Uh -huh. How long would it stay? Uh, how, how long would it age, the barrel age? Um, see, this, with, the, with that AOC protection I was talking about, there's no actual legal... Yeah. Uh, rules to say it state that it has to be a certain age. Our barrel age Geneva is 18 months, mm -hmm. but 
can also get six years, eight years. Um, if you go to a liquor store in Holland, uh, Geneva is the biggest selling spirit category. Yeah. If you go to a liquor store in Holland, the, the, in, there's like an entire wall, very similar to what you would have with vodka here, hmm. uh, an entire wall of different Genevas, wow. young, old, barrel age, different ages, different percentages of malt wine, and then they have like citrus flavored ones as well. So it's, oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's a whole massive category. Uh, but typically, you know, it's, it's on uh, European wood, and typically anywhere between uh, you know two years and and four years is when they, they make the cut. But there are obviously exceptions. Right, right. Well, you mentioned cocktails, so let's jump right into that. <laughs> we've got a uh, we've got some nice ones here. The official uh, Bowles Geneva cocktails. I'm, I actually mixed up two of them. <laughs> okay. The uh, Amsterdam cocktail. We've got a uh, Bowles Geneva triple sec orange juice and orange bitters. So that's yeah, this is uh, so obviously the, the 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 Dutch are known for the orange. I'm sure you guys mm. had in the World Cup. You would have seen a lot of Dutch people wearing orange. Mm. It's the color of the Dutch. So is that what you're drinking right now? Mm-hmm. So this is uh, this is something as I was mentioning before about experimenting with Geneva, and um, we always say that Geneva is the spirit of pioneers. Um, because it's always been used by pioneers inside that. And that sheet that you have will, will, will detail that pretty clearly. You know, Jerry Thomas did use it. Uh, Ray Charles had it in you know in his contracts that everywhere. And by the way, Ray Charles Day is coming up uh, on the on the 10th. So you know we're going to be doing some jazz in Geneva all events right. all over the country. Nice. Um, you know, he had in his contract that he would have a bottle of Bols, specifically Bols, um, in his room. If you watch the film Ray, there's a, there's multiple references to it. Yeah. And the other one is Trader Vic, who created this drink. You know, he was the pioneer of tiki. Um, you know, him and you know, well, he's one of one of them. And um, yeah. he, uh, you know, he mixed Geneva into into tiki drinks. So uh, I just did a drink today with called an Oh My, which is a twist on a mai tai using mm-hmm. rye and Geneva as opposed to white and dark rum. Everything right. else the same is yeah. a mai tai. Nice. Um, but you can see this is 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 a light citrusy. You know, it's a, it's, it's it's a delightful drink. Um, yeah, very nice. I'm a big fan of using orange juice in drinks, and it seems to be for some reason not used as much everyone kind of gravitates towards lime and lemon and right. this is a great drink a great example of how you can use um orange juice yeah it's nice it's most uh, people think of like blood and sand and that's pretty much it or maybe a harvey Woolbanger. yeah <laughs> well this is uh along the lines of a of a sidecar but with orange juice instead of the lemon juice and uh bowls instead of the cognac so, but, but it's, it's fun do you notice it has like a um like a like a spiciness to it yeah like, Tiki drinks have like this little kind of pepperiness or something. Right. That's, uh, that's definitely evident in, in that one as well. Yeah. I mean, it might be nice to spice it up with a little, um, I don't know, jalapeno syrup or something. Just a hint of spice would be fun in there. But yeah, I was surprised to see so many tiki drinks come up here on the list. That was interesting. That cocktail sheet that you have yeah. um, is kind of an inspired um, you'll you'll see that they yeah. say if it's Trader Vic, it will say, and yeah, then the yeah. other ones will be inspired by. The, by but I mean, uh, the, the Geneva being used in tiki drinks does yes. that, that influence mostly comes from Trader Vic, or uh, of course, yeah. yeah I mean, yeah. If, if it's good enough for him, then yeah. I'm pretty sure. You know, yeah, yeah, that's, we can, that's we can, fine. A lot of people, when you say the words tiki, everyone automatically goes towards rum. Mm-hmm. But we know, like things like Scorpion Bowls, their gin, um, you, definitely cognac is used uh, in in that as well, and obviously Geneva falls under that. I had a lovely tiki drink at um, where was I? Um, Gramercy Tavern recently, and it was made okay. with it was made with rye, and it was great. <laughs> um, an interesting fact: our, our our largest account in the entire U.S. in terms of sales of an independent, so it's not like part of a chain or um, you know a group or a casino or something like this. An independent bar is actually a tiki bar. Um, yeah. <laughs> so 
you know, they're, they're, it, it does work, um, mainly because, you know, they're large format drinks, so they push through it pretty quickly. But yeah, it's, it's interesting to know that, you know, you would think Geneva, everyone kind of, you know, sees those Jerry Thomas drinks and you think it's going to be a speakeasy exclusive, you know, stir it in a Martinez, uh, an old fashioned or something like this. But, you know, people are finding ways of using it and it's exciting to see it kind of being used in, in these ways. Yeah. Well, people are always looking for the next new old thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> well, it's been around for a, very, a long time. When, when it started to be made, when? Bowls of Geneva? It says it right on the bottle. Uh, oh, established 1575, it says right on the bottle. Okay, the, yeah, that's when the, uh, the Bowls Company was founded in 1575, but they actually started with making liqueurs. A lot of people think that because our liqueurs are in a very modern style, bottle um kind of even even some people would say retro style bottle now yeah. um but then obviously that bottle that you have there is very uh, you know it's very old school so people make the association straight association straight away that we we started with geneva um it's not actually true geneva uh-huh. didn't start getting to produce till 1664 so it's, it's nearly 100 years later um, yeah. and then so i read somewhere that it, it was uh, production stopped for a while and then and then re- restarted um, right? production never really uh stopped um it was it was always being produced, uh, but unfortunately, with with you know, with the effects of things like you know a couple of world wars, uh, prohibition, the Great yeah. Depression, this kind of thing, <laughs> um, getting it into America was very uh, very difficult. Which is, I I believe why if you think about someone like Ray Charles who came from you know poverty, built himself up to be a uh, you know a superstar, um, having a bottle of Bolts and having access to that is kind of like a status symbol. It's like, look what I can get. It mm. was available, but mm. it was very difficult to get hold of. It's oh, kind of, gotcha. um, you know, it's, um, so what we did with the, with the Bolts Geneva back in 2007, um, and I was very fortunate at the time I was working in Amsterdam, I was working in the Bolts Academy in Amsterdam, and I was kind of there at the birth of this, uh, this particular recipe that was, you know, from 1820 was to, to reintroduce it back into the U.S., Cool. And, and so these guys can make legitimately, you know, the real deal, uh, you know, Jerry Thomas style cocktails. And yeah, well, that keeps coming up, uh, Jerry Thomas, and uh, so I think the, the re- renewed interest in Jerry Thomas has. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, he is the godfather of kind of modern mixology. He's also the godfather of flair, modern bartending, and stuff like this. And you know, we can't put all our eggs in one basket, which is also why you know you'll see that we talk about. Um, you know, Trader Vic and, and, and things like this and, and, and embracing modern style drinks. But, you know, everyone kind of gravitates to that story. Um, you know, it came to light with, uh, with David Wondridge who wrote his book and, um, you know, he's got a new one coming out as well, which I'm excited to, to get my hands on. Um, but he really kind of started breaking down the idea of this guy. I don't believe for a second that Jerry Thomas was like the first um, you know, America, true American bartender. I'm sure there was many, many more before yeah. him, yeah. Um, but he was the one who got himself uh, published and on paper. Yeah, he uh, wrote it down. <laughs> and he was theatrical as well, so he was a bit of a showman and, and people talked about him, so he remained yeah. in history. So, well, well yeah, I think it, from, what I, from what I've read, the uh, bartenders kind of, it was kind of a trade secret, you know, they, they, they didn't want to share their recipes, you know, but Jerry Thomas flipped that on his head and said, I'm going to write a book and, and preserve these for all time yeah, and look I mean, we're still it, reading it now <laughs> could you, yeah I mean could you, could you blame them I mean, it's their, their no. entire livelihood um, yeah. and it's funny because you know the other pioneers that we were talking about they also kept their recipes very very secret in the tiki world for a long time and mm. to people like Jeff Berry to do um, uh, took uh, Jeff Berry a long time to find out you know how, uh, how a Mai Tai was actually made yeah. 
and the research that went into that. So yeah, I, I think it's just common. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 you know, you got to you got to keep those secrets, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Stay in business. Right. Yeah, the Mai Tai still stymies me a little bit. It's hard to get a good ores at. I tried yeah. making it myself one time. That was a nightmare. <laughs> it's not easy. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and was... just, yeah, so like some of the, uh, you know, I find that they're incons not inconsistent um, because the, the, the product will remain the same the whole way, but the spectrum is very wide of different types. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. All right. I have another one here. We've got the uh, Death in the Gulf Stream. <laughs> <laughs> oh, another another pioneer of literature, uh, yeah. Mr. Uh, Mr. Ernest Henry. Hemingway. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he uh, a, a good drinker, a, uh, <laughs> a fantastic author. Yeah, a lot of what you'll notice with that drink is very citrus. Lots of lime, lots of lime. I love it. The reason why is actually uh, Hemingway was a diabetic, mm. so if he had too much sugar, he was in trouble. So that's why the Hemingway daiquiris um, are not sugar forward, they're very yeah. citrus, you know, grapefruit, maraschino, things like this. Maraschino is pretty much the only sweetener in there. Yeah. Um, and, you know, a Papa Dablo in, in I've had the I've had the the fortunate honor of going to Cuba and, and seeing mm. the statue of him at the Floridita. Um, and it is How the cool. real deal. They're very sour drinks. This is a, yeah. a drink of death in a gold stream. Um, you know, lots of uh, Lots of Geneva, massive pour of Geneva. I believe it's two ounces, <laughs> two right? Ounces, yep. And uh, mm -hmm. um, you know, lots and, of citrus uh, and just it's like a it's like a sour on crushed ice. Um, yeah, yeah. But it's a delightful drink on a summer's day. Lovely. Uh, and four, four dashes of bitters. I like that. Yeah, four dashes and, of bitters. Uh, Angostura bitters. For those reasons, I told you he liked his drink sour. Yeah, yeah. Uh, was very very open about that. Um, yeah, so, I wouldn't mind another drop of simple syrup in here. I'm gonna put, yeah, I'm gonna it's, do it's, it. <laughs> simple. Hit it with a bit of a liqueur, maybe a triple sec or something like this. It'll yeah, right. Delightful. So, yeah, just to complete the recipe for everybody listening, we had the four dashes of uh, Angostura bitters, two ounces of Geneva, one ounce of lime juice, and half an ounce of simple syrup. I just put a drop more simple syrup in it, which I think is going to help it a little. Yeah, if it's on crushed ice as well, the dilution will help. Oh, that's true, yeah, yeah. yeah. And cool. Well, um, yeah, I'd like to hear more about the Bowls Academy. Is it, is, does it come to New York at all? <laughs> Um, you know what? A little. Um, I did a little kind of pop-up one um, where we. Uh, I, I took a bunch of the USPG bartenders and I, I, I taught them on a little flare class. Um, so like how to do some little tricks and pours and stuff with bottles. Um, this year at Tales of the Cocktail, um, they're letting me loose, uh, and I have uh, two seminars. Uh, what we call stylish service, and it's flare for mixologists essentially. Yeah. So it's going to be myself, um, Kate Gowin, who's our our global uh, boss champion. She she's a big fan of flair and embraces it in her bar programs. She works, and then I have my other co-presenter is a is a is a legend within the flair world. Um, his name is Dario Doimo. He's won more world championships than years than I've been on this earth. I think so. He's uh, he's going to be co-presenting with me. Um, and so what's that's the name what of that I, seminar? What's that? What's the name of that seminar? It's called Stylish Service. Nice. Um, flair for mixology. I'll try to make I, it. I got a I got a note to say that it was uh, it was sold out, but I'm pretty sure we can come to an arrangement to get uh, you in the room. I have a press pass, so I can get it. <laughs> <laughs> there's always there's always if there's a will, there's a way. Um, but yeah, the Boss Academy is is something that I run in the U.S. Uh, we travel all over the country. Um, right now, we're very much focused on training our distributors, um, so the sales reps and stuff that call on bars, making them understand the history of the Boss Company and why they should feel confident bringing up the conversation about Boss. And why they should feel, you know, um, you know, 
happy that it's in their portfolio and, and trying to spread the love. And it's all, um, you know, it's all practical, hands-on. Everyone gets a cocktail. We do some speed rounds. I show some bits and pieces because at the end of the day, if you have an educated population on cocktails uh, and, and and how to how to work behind a bar, they're going to naturally gravitate to to good products. So we're going to win. Uh, after that is, is the attitude that we have. Um, and the great thing about working for a liqueur company, because um, that's the major focus for us, is, is liqueurs. We have the Genevas and stuff like that, obviously, as well. And we pretty much have a niche with Geneva right now, although I do know there's other ones on the market. Um, but in terms of national distribution, um, we're pretty much, we're the, we are the only one right now. But with the liqueurs, you know, we get to work with other base spirits. So I, I've, yeah. I, get to, I get to work with rum companies if I want to. I can work with tequila companies if I want to. Nice. I can work with, so we've, I mean, being that um, fluid, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> is, uh, is, 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 is great. Um, and, and the company's been doing it for 440 years. It's founded in 1575, um, and it's not going anywhere, you know, soon. So it's not going away. We're going to be here right. for a long, more, a right. long time. So. All right. So, uh, wow, Flair is something I don't know a heck of a lot about. And uh, where, what's a good place to start if you want to, you know, incorporate a little bit of that into your bartending? Um, I, I, you know what people say to me about doing YouTube videos, getting training DVDs, maybe going to a school. Um, I honestly believe the best way to learn how to flair is – Put yourself behind a bar with somebody who already does it mm-hmm. and does it well, yeah. uh, and and learn from them. Um, because flair is not so much about. Uh, I always say people don't do flair. The best flair bartenders have flair. Mm. It's about your actions. It's about how you present them and, and when you choose to do certain um, tricks or stops or uh, pause or how you integrate that into your general service. Um, and, and that's what the real top guys are able to do. Um, you wouldn't even realize what they've done half the time. Oh, we'll do that again. It's not, <laughs> uh, you know, it's not an ongoing performance. It's just, it's just happening around you. And they have this kind of, you know, confidence making a drink that they can, you can let the bar spoon go for a, a split second or yeah. a split second or something like this. So, yeah, the best way to learn is to 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 go and see the the, the best and 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 see how they work and then. You know, bar back for them, stage for them, and, and, right. and learn from them. Yeah, um, that's a good idea. I, uh, I, you know, I, I learned that way, um, and I learned, I made my mistakes. And <laughs> it's, it's one thing about flair as well is um, that when it goes wrong, there's really no hiding it. <laughs> <You know>? Yeah, <laughs> there's no recovery. You know? uh, it looks it looks cool when it's going well, and yeah, it looks yeah. uh, effortless. But uh, he's and, um, mess up. It's, it's it's funny because people kind of secretly want you to mess up. Yeah. <laughs> Just like they, it's like when they're watching a car race, they want to crash. <laughs> exactly, you're watching NASCAR, waiting for it to crash. But uh, yeah, it's, it's sad, but it's true. Uh, yeah. Well, the the toss seems like I, I keep meaning to experiment with this, but the the toss seems like such an easy thing to do, and it looks so cool. You know, where you're just, you know, you're pouring from one cup to another, and you're moving your hand at a certain. It, it, it looks fabulous. Like you know? throwing the liquid. You mean throwing? That's the word. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know what? That's. Um, same with anything with flair is 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 just going to come with practice. There really is no shortcuts. Yeah. You're going to have to you're going to have to practice and you're going to have to make mistakes and uh, and 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 deal with it. Um, uh, and if you know if if you can shrug it off and, and you don't mind looking like a fool for yeah. the first uh, couple of months, then uh, you'll be fine. Um, but with the throwing as well, I wouldn't recommend doing the whole blue blazer thing until you can do yeah. it cold. Yeah, yeah. I'll definitely start with cold <laughs> or room temperature water. Yeah, exactly. water. 
by myself alone with no, with no cameras. <laughs> yeah, 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 hide away. Yeah, um, always when I when I do trainings and stuff, it's like behind the bar is not the place to practice. That's no. where you bring the ten out of ten moves. You don't you don't practice behind the bar. Yeah, exactly. What is this uh, bowls foam instant um, mix, instant molecular mixology? What's that about? Yeah, so bowls foam is something that uh, we created. Um, we have a lot of classic spirits in our portfolio. You obviously, we talked about the Geneva. We talked about you know Galliano. We talked about you know our old liqueurs, the Curacaos, and things like this. But you don't really survive as a company for 440 years if you don't innovate and push things forward. Mm-hmm. So we with the foams, it goes under our innovation category. And uh, yogurt is in there as well. I don't know if you've seen the Bolsk yogurt. Yeah, I saw something about that. It's a yogurt liqueur that goes under innovation. No one else is doing it. Um, it required very special specialist production process to, to, to make that happen. With the foam, um, Bolsk actually owns a patent on a natural um, emulsifier um, that's inside of the liquid that's just mm-hmm. added. And okay. if you add air to it, it um, you know it expands and turns it into a foam. So the liquid that's inside the foam, for example, the cassis, the Bols cassis that you can buy in any shop, it's the same flavor, it's the same liquid with the additive on it. You screw on this little, it looks like, um, I hate me to say it, but uh, it looks almost like a hand sanitizer pump. Right. Uh, you know, okay. it's, it's like a shampoo kind of yeah, top. Yeah. Of it, but what it's doing is it's, it's pushing air through the liquid and it creates the foam. Now you can't take that screw top and put it on another the uh, cure it just won't work because huh. you need that that additive that's in there. So right now in mm. the US we have a cassis, we have an amaretto, and we have a blue foam. And mm. you know what? It's you say instant molecular mixology. Um, I say it's more just a fun addition for your drink. Like you can do, um, you know, if you're holding a party at home, you can do what we call a, a reverse royale, which is a Kia royale, but the cassis sits on top of the champagne. Mm. And that foam will sit there for a good 15 to 20 minutes yeah. on hot or cold drinks. Um, it's not going anywhere. It's alcoholic foam as well. It's real creme de cassis. Mm. Um, you know, I know bartenders that go nuts for the, for the blue curacao foam. Just put it on someone's drink. It's like a cheeky yeah. little touch. Um, yeah. And it's fun. It doesn't require any CO2 charger. It doesn't require any expensive equipment. Um, and that 200 ml bottle will make uh, two liters of foam as wow. well. Oh, okay. Cool. That's available in the States now? Yes, it's available in the States in those three flavors. Um, there are other flavors available worldwide. So if you find yourself uh, uh, at some point in maybe Amsterdam airport and you see a banana <laughs> foam, get after it because it's the only place you can get it. Um, but uh, the, uh, the, right now in the U.S. is available uh, nationwide, uh, Cassis Foam, Bols Blue Foam, and Bols uh, Amaretto Foam. It must be hard to find. I, I haven't seen it around. You haven't seen it? It's, mm. it's, it's out there. But there are only like 200 ml bottles, so they're oh, little, yeah. little tiny bottles. So Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe You'll see them on the, on the, on the, especially in the liquor stores, and they're available for entree purpose uh, you know, yeah. everywhere in the U.S. Cool. Well, I won't keep you much longer. I know you are, uh, you're busy there. And, uh, but I sure appreciate your time and I uh, look forward to seeing you at Tales of the Cocktail. Oh, yeah, send me an email. You're, you're, yeah. you're, that's it. You're in, the, you're in the circle of trust now. <laughs> Great. Awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'll be sure to make sure you get a, a bottle of the H Geneva as well. Oh, that's awesome. Thank you. I appreciate okay. it. All right. Cheers, man. Thanks. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks so much. I'm going to give you a cheers with my drink here. Cheers. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go and get mine. Hopefully, these bartenders made something delightful for me. Awesome. Thanks again, Anthony. Have a good one. That was fun. I enjoyed speaking with him, and Anthony's a good guy. Uh, that was a that was a good time. I sure hope to meet up with him at Tales of the Cocktail this year. All right, we're gonna get to our toast in just a minute, but uh, do me a favor, 
give us a rating in iTunes. It really helps out. It helps people find us, and it helps us uh, go up in the ratings a little bit. Be like Kyle's sister, Kendall, and uh, read what she wrote. She wrote some nice stuff there and gave five stars. And five stars is the most you can give. The most. So why not go give the most stars you can give and help the Bartender Journey podcast out a little bit. And you can also help out by going to the website, bartenderjourney.net, and clicking through any of those links to buy a book or uh, something else that I've posted up there related to making cocktails, bartending, uh, lots of books, uh, and uh, bar equipment. So uh, you'll see you'll see some Amazon links. Click through and buy something through Amazon. It doesn't cost you any extra, and you'll help uh, defray some of the... Is that the right word? You'll help out with some of the costs of producing this show. You know, there's uh, hosting fees and uh, website fees and all this stuff that, uh, you know, costs some money. There's also a tip cup page there if you want to leave a tip for the show just to help out, help pay the bills here. Thanks. That would be great. This song we're listening to right now is called Epic Song by Boxcat Games. Okay, our toast is coming up. If you have a toast you'd like to share with all the listeners, please send it along. You can email me at vince.bartender at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter at Barkeep Tips. Uh, what else? Facebook. Just search for Bartender Journey. All right, here's our toast. Here's to Eve, the mother of our race, who had her fig leaves all in the right place. And here's to Adam, the father of us all, who was in the right place when the leaves did fall. Cheers. We'll see you next time on Bartender Journey. Thank <laughs> you.